of Nahum. The mountains quake because of him, and the hills melt. The earth heaves before him the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his wrath? Who can resist his fury? His anger pours out like fire, and rocks are shattered because of him. Shalom, Malachem. Peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to support this mission of truth, which is 100% listener-supported. Please consider uh, blessing this broadcast. Today, we are going to be doing our or looking at our prophets portion for the week. Just a reminder, if you're new to what the prophets portion is, it's actually called in Hebrew the Haftorah. Not half Torah, but half Torah, and uh, you can f- find out more about that by going to the website scriptureandprophecy.com. Click on the blog at the top, and I think it's on the second page at this point. Uh, but it goes into detail about where the schedule came from, how it came about, uh, and then the schedule was pulled from a website called torahportions.org. That's where I get it. This week's Torah por- or prophets portion is uh, actually Isaiah chapter 43, 21 through 44, 23. And so we're going to be looking at that. Uh, before we get into the Haftarah, let's look at a couple of headlines, both of these coming from the Jerusalem Post this week. One of them that's uh, pretty concerning is uh, this headline here, Coronavirus, Ninset OK's Electronic Bracelet for returnees from abroad. And so basically, all those who are currently entering the country are required to isolate unless they present a vaccination or recovery certificate issued from the Israeli Health Ministry. Electronic devices have already been in use for several weeks, and it used to be on a voluntary basis to ensure people didn't break quarantine, uh, but from what I can gather here, it's no longer voluntary. And so, if you are um, returning or you don't have the proper paperwork, uh, you're going to have a tracking device on you that lets authorities know if the person has left a confined area. Now, I just see so many things. And uh, you guys remember I did a podcast almost a year ago called The Mask of the Beast, right? And the reason I called it that is because most places around the world, including the United States, if you didn't have your uh, piece of cloth over your face, you couldn't buy, you couldn't sell, you couldn't do commerce. And I speculated that that's only going to progressively get worse over the next few years, uh, just more and more invasive until... The mark of the beast is upon us. And I think that uh, this is just a continuation of that. Now, this is going to, what I'm about to say is going to ruffle feathers. Although it shouldn't, but it does. People get upset about it. There's very good biblical reasons 
but you can draw from the scriptures uh, to believe that the great city, Babylon, in the last days, the great city that it's specifically talking about is Jerusalem. Um, there's all kinds of reasons to believe it, more reasons to that point to it via the Bible than just about anything else. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying that the conclusion can be drawn very easily uh, just by studying the scriptures. And I speculate about that in my devotional book, uh, The End of Days Devotional, uh, on the little chapter called Mystery Babylon. And so if you have the book, you should check that out and see where I'm coming from on that. Obviously, I've done a dozen podcasts speculating that the United States is Babylon. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't get dogmatic. I, I'm not, I don't have pet doctrines when it comes to these things. I usually raise questions and say, have we thought about this? And uh, so that's something you should look into if you haven't already. Uh, but this is just a step towards that. It seems harmless and it seems, you know, many will look at it and say, well, it makes sense. Um, but again, it's just moving further and further down the line. Uh, you, before you know, you have electronic passports. Before you know it, it'll be a chip, and you know you can you can clearly and easily see where it all leads. Now, the next article is actually more of a good news front, and that is is that some new Dead Sea Scroll fragments, the world's oldest basket, has been found in a desert cave, six thousand year old child skeleton, also found in the Judean desert cave. And the first since discovery since the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947 and 1950s. And so some, here's what the article from Jerusalem Post says. Some 1900 years ago, Jewish refugees fleeing the Romans made their way to the Judean desert. Among the belongings they carried with them were scrolls featuring the biblical books of Zechariah and Nahum. Two millennia later, fragments of those texts have reemerged. And the Antiquities Authority announced on Tuesday. So we've got a new finding. And these are these are always very interesting and uplifting. And to find more preserved fragments of God's Word that go back 2,000 years is... And then it matches up with what's in our Bible today is extremely uplifting and encouraging. Matter of fact, uh, I even got a text from my mom... And she, which she saw this on the news or something, and she felt like it was like God's way of saying, hey, I'm still here, I'm still paying attention, specifically because of what the fragments said. Now, that article, like I said, I pulled from the Jerusalem Post. I want to share with you what the fragments actually said. So there's this article that's been put together by... Uh, the most important news.com and their headline says the new or new Dead Sea Scrolls fragments have been found for the first time in 60 years and this is what they say and so let me just actually read this article if you want to read the Jerusalem Post one you can go check it out at, at their website it says we just witnessed one of the most exciting archaeological discoveries in decades for the first time in 60 years, new Dead Sea Scroll fragments have been discovered, and Israeli authorities are telling us that archaeologists will continue to carefully search the area to see if they can find more. 
Due to the extremely dry conditions in the region, the fragments that have been recovered are extremely well preserved, even though they appear to have been written before the time of Christ. But to me, the biggest part of the story isn't what the fra- or the biggest part of the story is what the fragments actually say. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, I want to talk about where we are at on the calendar. The sun went down Saturday, March 13th. That marked the beginning of a new year on the calendar that God gave us in the Bible. Of course, hardly anyone in the world actually acknowledges it as the new year, but sunset on Saturday was when the first day of the month of the year began, according to the biblical calendar. And since this also happened as the seventh day of the week was ending, sunset on Saturday also marking the beginning of a brand new week. So it's one of those rare instances when a biblical day, a biblical week, and a biblical month and a biblical year all started at the exact same moment. Personally, I believe this is very significant, the author says. And just a couple of days later, it has been announced that the portions of the Dead Sea Scrolls have been discovered for the first time in 60 years. So the author, author of, this ar- of this article is trying to make the argument that the findings are significant, not just because they're, it's rare and it's amazing, but because of the timing of the find. Uh, And then he quotes from the Jerusalem Post, Dozens of fragments of the Dead Sea Scroll bearing biblical text have been found by archaeologists in the Judean desert, the Israeli government said on Tuesday. The fragments are the first pieces of the Dead Sea Scrolls found in around 60 years, recovered from a cave where Jewish rebels against the Roman Empire hid around 1900 years ago, according to the government press release. It's certainly not easy to get a location on where these fragments were found. In fact, they were being told by archaeologists had to... repelled down a sheriff cliff in order to get them. That cave, or hang on, the discovery was part of an Israeli government project launched in 2017 to survey the caves in the Judean desert to recover artifacts before looters could steal them. Researchers had to repel down a sheriff cliff to reach the cave of horror, which is surrounded by gorges and located some 260 feet below the cliff top. The desert team showed exceptional courage, dedication, and devotion to purpose, repelling down to the caves located between heaven and earth, digging and sifting through them, enduring thick and suffocating dust, and returning with gifts of immersible worth for mankind. I'm sorry, gifts of immeasurable worth for mankind. The cave is known as the Cave of Horror because 40, 40 skeletons were found there during excavations in the 1960s. And based on coins that were just discovered in the caves, authorities believe they were able to identify the year when the scrolls were originally hidden there. Based on the style of Greek script, I forgot to mention these were Greek manuscripts, but like most of the Dead Sea Scroll manuscripts, even in the Greek manuscripts, they put God's name in Paleo-Hebrew, preserving God's name even in the Greek renditions of the scrolls. Based on the style of the Greek script, the scroll fragments appear to have been written in the 1st century BC. Based on the coins found in the cave, the scroll was probably brought to the cave around AD 135, at the end of the Jewish revolt against the Romans, named for its leader Bar Kokhba. 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 Researchers say it indicated the Greek was widely spoken in the Jewish community at the time, in addition to Hebrew and Aramaic, which we already know is true. The texts are entirely in Greek except for the tetrachronogram, the revered four-letter name of God, which appears in the fragments in ancient Hebrew characters. 
by the way, if you have a copy of the um, Hallelujah Scriptures, the way God's name is written on the front of the Bible and in the Hallelujah Scriptures, that's the Paleo version uh, that's found in most of these man- many of these manuscripts that are found in Dead Sea Scrolls. Just so you know, and that's kind of where Hallelujah Scriptures gets that idea. Is that's how the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, regardless of what language the scroll was in. God's name would be there in Paleo Hebrew. Some of the fragments are Greek translations of Zechariah chapter eight, sixteen through seventeen. All right, so now we're getting to the point of what the fragments say. Okay, and if God is re- is allowing these to be found at this very time for a message to us. I'm just asking that question. Is that possible? Here's what the one fragment said. With God's name appearing in paleo. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to one another. Render true and perfect justice in your gates. And do not contrive evil against one another. And do not love perjury. Because all those things are are things that I hate declares Yahuwah, declares the Lord, it says. So the first fragment is God saying, speak truth, render justice in your gates. Do not contrive evil against one another. Do not love perjury, because all those things I hate. Continuing the article, interestingly, Instead of using Greek for gates, the Greek word for streets is used in this instance. Just as we sometimes use different English words when translating the Old Testament from Hebrew to English in our time, so also would different word choices sometimes be made when translating the Old Testament from Hebrew to Greek in ancient times. This is true. Um, If you understand how manuscripts are formed and translations, uh, absolutely this is a true statement by the author of this article. And I find it fascinating that these verses have been suddenly captu- have suddenly captured the attention of the entire globe at this moment in history. We definitely do not render true and perfect justice, and we love to contrive evil, and we are so doing the exact opposite of what we are instructed to do in this passage. The other scroll fragment were found were from the book of Nahum, chapters one, five through six, which indicates. Here's the quote from the fragment. The mountains quake because of him, and the hills melt. The earth heaves before him, and the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his wrath? Who can resist his fury? His anger pours out like fire, and rocks are shattered because of him. Continuing on with the article here. As you can see, these verses describe God's judgment. Throughout the scriptures, we are told that if we follow God's ways and keep his commandments, we will be be blessed. But if we reject his ways and his commandments, we will be cursed. Obviously, America has chosen the latter. And if we stay on this path, our story is not going to end well. Could it be possible that the Dead Sea Scroll fragments were hidden away for all these centuries just to be revealed at such a time as this. Stranger things have happened, and I would continue to keep your eyes on the land of Israel because I believe that a lot more really strange things will be happening there in the months and years ahead. And I couldn't agree 
war. Absolutely, that's exactly right. Keep your eyes on Jerusalem. It's going to get really strange. So that's kind of our end times news conversation for this week. And uh, I, I hope that you've been enlightened and encouraged. Um, it's always a miracle to find these Dead Sea Scrolls. And to find more in is just uh, very uplifting, very, very encouraging for the believer, right? Albeit the message for the unbeliever, for the wicked, uh, should be frightening. All right, let's move on and let's read our prophet's portion for this week. If you're going to read along, it's Isaiah chapter 43, starting with verse 21. This is what it says. This people have I formed for myself. They show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. But thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me to the smell small cattle of thy burnt offerings. Neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with any fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, and thou hast wearied me with thy iniquities. I, even I, he hath blotted out thy transgressions for my own sake, and will remedy and will remember not thy sins. Let me read verse 25 again. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declares the Lord, that thou mayest be justified. Thy first father hath sinned and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Therefore I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, and I have given Jacob to the curse, and Israel to the reproaches. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee, and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeserun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. And they shall spring up from among the grass as willows by the water courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hands unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. And who, as I, shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in the order for me, since I appointed the ancient people? And the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told you from that time, and declared it? You are even my witness. Is there a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. 
They didn't make graven images. Are all of them vanity? And their delectable things shall not profit. And they their own witness. They see not, nor know, they that may be ashamed. Who hath formed a god or molten or graven image that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen, they are of men, let them all be gathered together, and let them stand up, yet they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smiths with the tongs both worketh in the coals, and fashion it with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth. He drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule, he marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes, and he marketh it out with the compass, and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He hoeth him down cedars, and taketh cypresses and oaks, which strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn. For he will take thereof and warm himself, yea, he kindleth it, and he breaketh bread, yea, he maketh a god and worshipeth it. He maketh a graven image and falleth down thereto. He burneth part thereof in fire, with part thereof he eateth flesh, he roasteth roast, and satisfy, yea, he warmeth himself and say, Aha, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh a god, even his graven image he falleth down unto it, and worshipeth it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. They have not known or understood. For he has shut their eyes, they cannot see, and their hearts they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire, yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof, I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make a residue thereof of an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree? He feedeth on ashes, and deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these, O Jacob of Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed thee. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. And so I'm not going to give a bunch of commentary this morning on our prophet's portion, but it's very clear that God is saying, Look, I'm the only true God. I'm the one who blots out your sins. I'm your salvation. Return to me. Return to me. Let us reason together, right? Put me in remembrance, he says. Let us plead together, declares the Lord, that thou mayest be justified. Your father sinned and your teachers have transgressed against me. 
And then he goes on to just show how silly it is to worship a false god. He's like, you go and you hoon down a tree, right? You cut down a tree, you make a fire with it, you cook on it, you warm yourself by it, and then you go and you fashion something out of the same piece of wood and you bow down and worship before a stump, a stalk of a tree. How silly is that? Let's read those last three verses again, and then we'll be done for today. He says, Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee. Thou art my servants. O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return to me, for I have redeemed ye, redeemed thee. Sing, O you heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. I pray you've been blessed this morning. And that this podcast has touched your heart. And the word of God has pierced your heart. And that it's causing you to draw ever more closely to to our Father in heaven and to his Son, Jesus. Let's take to heart what we read in those fragments to speak the truth. Right? To render true and perfect justice in our gates. To not contrive evil against one another. To not love perjury because all these things God hates. And let's read Nahum one more time. The mountains quake because of him, and the hills melt. The earth heaves before him, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his wrath? Who can resist his fury? His anger pours out like fire, and rocks are shattered because of him. Thanks for listening this morning, friends. Please consider supporting this mission of truth by going to scriptureandprophecy.com and clicking on the support and donate tab at the top. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.